Welcome to Lower Room. Today we are talking about what is the Bible and why should I read it. And I'm Anna Green, co-hosting with Blake Pesetsky. And with us today is Doug Welch. And we're really excited to have him here. Hey, Doug. Hi, everybody. Okay, so I have a question, though, to start off. Yeah. Okay, this is called Lower Room. Yes. Lower Room. My understanding is that we're basically at the same elevation, though, as Upper Room. So, you know, so what, what, what's the upper lower thing going on here? They don't know where we record this. Oh, okay. All right. They, we okay. could be in the okay. basement. Okay. The basement okay. of College Heights. Right. Yeah. So they know. Yeah. <laughs> the basement of College Heights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's, yeah, we'll keep with that sort of that idea or that, that you know, kind of let the mystery. Yeah. Exactly. We're, sort of, bring, yeah. we're bringing it down. Okay. That's what, we're bringing it down. Okay. Keeping it, like, keeping it real. Keep, okay. You know? Good. Okay. I like that. That's All right. That's plan. good. I actually didn't know that, but. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. <laughs> no. That's yeah. Good. I, I just made that's that good. up actually. Okay. All right. <laughs> we just, we just wanted to be clever. I think yeah. you thought, Blake thought yeah. it was funny There's and more. we kind of went. Yeah. We kind of went with it. No, I think it, I think it works. I think it works. I was just confused about it. Yeah. But I think it'll be good. Yeah. For sure. Well, Doug, tell us what you do. So we know yeah. um, you're an Ozark professor. Mm-hmm. You uh, drum at College Heights, drummer yeah. of the year, um, volunteer <laughs> of the year for, what, eight consecutive years? Yeah. We're stealing you from your own podcast. So yeah. You're on your podcast yeah. Story, so. Yeah. We have a podcast. Uh, me and my friends, Chad Ragsdale and Michael DeFazio, uh, two other profs at Ozark. We have, a, we have a podcast called Every Thought Captive, which you should all uh, subscribe to on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where all your better podcasts are found. Uh, and uh, yeah, so we just had a couple of really good episodes on curiosity for being a Christian and being curious. And we even had one on the Nashville statement. And uh, oh, after the eclipse, we had a we had a we had an, an episode about biblical prophecy because yeah, people were getting kind of crazy about that. So yes, yeah. John Hagee. Yeah. <laughs> Except, that's why. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a big part of that. So we figured we'd bring you on so that we could ride just on the coattails of your podcast your fame. Oh yes, fame. yes, <laughs> yes. Well, maybe no, this people is... that listen to ETC, which okay. Like, oh, I heard Doug's going to a different podcast. Yeah, now. give us a yeah. shout out. There you go. Absolutely, Doug. Yeah. Whatever well, podcast well, he well, goes I, to. Well, absolutely, <laughs> well, absolutely hit a retweet. All right. Well, Doug, since we're talking about the Bible today, okay. we figured we had to ask you. If you could be one person from the Bible, right? Who would you want to be? Who would you want to be? Yes. Okay, we'll take Jesus out of the equation here, right? Yes. Okay. No, yeah. So that's pretty. That's pretty important that we kind of take Jesus out of this. Right. If you want to be Jesus, then there's probably something really wrong with you. <laughs> You're gonna start some kind of cult <laughs> later on in life. Uh, <laughs> who would I want to be? Oh goodness. Um, you got to think it'd be someone who actually spent time with Jesus, hmm. right? I mean, just someone who just you know has has the memories of just you know three. So it's got, for me, it's got to be one of the twelve disciples. Uh, I don't want to be Thomas. I probably am am Thomas. Mm. That was more like other question. more more like more like Thomas than I yeah. want to be. Sure. Uh, but I would like I would probably like to be John. Hmm. Uh, I would probably like to be John because. You know, uh, it just seems like, of course, he between he and Peter, uh, th- th- those were the two that he was that were closest with mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, 
So that's what I'd like to be. But yeah. again, I'm probably much more like Thomas. Good. You answered, yeah, you answered your next question. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Honest with yeah. Yeah. Yourself, who would you actually be? Yeah. Who would actually be? That's a tough yeah. one. You were already mm-hmm. honest with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. Maturity. I mean, that's what the Bible Maturity. brings us. You yeah. know, it's right. It's supposed to be this mirror that sort yeah. of you look up to in life, and it and it's something that forces you to be honest, right? Yeah. That's from James, I think. Right, James? Is, yeah, right. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you, yeah, you read the Bible, and it becomes that mirror for your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we decided to um, talk about this because a um, couple of reasons. A few. Um, first of all, the Bible is a pretty big deal. Um, it's pretty foundational for Christian life and what we believe. So um, we this episode, we think, is useful for a couple of different like audiences. We think that um, if you are just kind of new to the faith and you don't really um, know a whole lot about the Bible and you hear about this book and you just like are kind of confused about what what it is, what to believe, and the Bible is pretty tricky and confusing in some parts, so um, kind of, we just want to give you a foundation for what that is. Um, Also, if you um, are, if you just want to be able to better articulate um, to your friends or to, like, people who aren't believers, people who would ask you questions, like, what is the Bible, and we want to equip you to be able to answer those questions, Um, and also if you just have been around for a while and you've kind of forgotten or you were you an Ozark student, you took Christ in the Bible as a freshman and have kind of forgotten since then. Um, just in need a reminder, you know. Um, we think <laughs> Did you take Christ in the Bible with me, Blake? No, I took it. Uh, okay, I'm, with somebody else. Okay. I took it okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like, right. he's not going to listen. My cackle. Yeah. <laughs> same, same. Oh, we love, we love. Yeah. But I realize it's been a while. It so you can probably forget yeah. a few A lot things. of the details kind of fade a little yeah. bit. For sure. <laughs> Pretty For quickly. Sure. For sure. Origins of the Bible has yet to come back off the shelf. Oh, <laughs> that's too bad. It's, that's, that's too bad. Maybe after I graduate. Yeah. That'll be like the first book on my so, list of well, books to read. Re-read. Okay. Re-read. <laughs> Repent. Reread yeah. or read for the first yeah. time. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> just saying. And his firing shot said that I never read the book. It's okay. I mean, did you? I did. Okay. I had to write paper reflections. Yeah, no, like, yeah, but you I didn't have to write a confessional statement of Ackerman, so. I'm pretty sure we did. Well, I didn't, so. Oh, okay. Anyway. We also read Cross of Christ by Stott. That, was that a, is a great That was a good book. one. I really enjoyed yeah. that one. Looking yeah. back, it's like, it's kind of cool that he makes you read that. As a this, this could be another podcast. Yeah. It's just, what were the best books you read as, as, yeah. Ozark, as Ozark students? For sure. Yeah. Definitely. MSSU students would not like that episode. Yeah, probably that's true. That's probably true. It's a little, yeah. Uh yeah, all right. Well, let's kind of just jump right in. Okay. Um, so the Bible is um, it's pretty long, this book. <laughs> yeah, really long. <laughs> it's got That's a lot of stuff going on. Like, right. is, it, is it a how-to manual? Right. Is it is it a, po- a poetry anthology? Is yeah. it like a collection of really weird fairy tales like yeah. what like what is the Bible? What, what is would, the Bible? Yeah. What would and and like what would everyone affirm to be like true and like what okay. would everyone acknowledge is like everyone like christians and non-christians yes. okay yeah like what is well i think at the very least the bible is a collection okay right so uh we've got a number of different authors over centuries uh writing in different languages in different continents mm. uh you know spanning all manner of topics and themes uh using a variety of different kinds of literature, mm. right? From you've got, you know, just sort of your your general run-of-the-mill story. Mm. Um, and if I can use the word myth without all of the baggage that comes with that, sort of fiction, nonfiction, I'm just saying it's a story that explains things. That's what a myth is, okay? Yeah. It could be true, it could be untrue, mm. but a myth is a story that explains things, mm-hmm. okay? So it's it's got a lot of that, right? 
It's got a lot of genealogy lists of names, right? right that yeah. don't mean a whole lot to us because we're not in those gene genealogies. Beginning but of it, Matthew. Right. But if you're a Jewish person, <laughs> those things might might kind of excite you a little bit. Sure. It's like, yeah. okay, here's here's your my roots, people. Your yeah. Roots, where you right. Come from. Yeah. Sort mm -hmm. of family tree Ancestry. kind of idea. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. It OG is a little version. bit ancestry.com uh, for Jewish people. Exactly. It's like the beginning of First Chronicles. Yeah, that's basically all it is. Um, so it's that. And then you've got the, the poems, the songs, uh, not just in the book of Psalms, but sprinkled throughout even the story. You have they break into song for some reason right. and they record the song. Um, prophetic oracles here. God is giving somebody a word. Isaiah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Amos, you know, mm -hmm. uh, different words to to give to the people. Uh, and then in the New Testament, you have different kinds of stories. You have miracle stories of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You have parables, stories that Jesus is himself right. telling that aren't necessarily true in that they happened, but they're true in that it... They have value. Yeah, true. they have some yeah, real value. Yeah. Um, then you have letters, you know, you have correspondence from mostly from the apostle paul but from others uh james the apostle john peter uh jude the whoever wrote hebrews uh you know so you have that those things and then you have this weird book at the end you know the book of revelation that is this mm -hmm. series of visions right. that john had on the island of patmos so it's so it's a collection of very different kinds of things written i mean uh from an orthodox sort of traditional Christian standpoint written over the course of 1500 years. Mm. Um, now, not everybody would agree on that point, but uh, but at the very least written over the course of centuries. Right. Right. So, so that, yeah, that's kind of the basis of what it is. It's not just one thing. Right. So you can't, and that's probably part of the problem in, in interpreting and reading the Bible is that you start trying to interpret the Bible like it's something else. Mm -hmm. Like one part of the Bible is like it's something else. Like you can't interpret a psalm. It's a song. Right. Right? Yeah. It's a, like a praise chorus, you know, that we mm -hmm. sing in church. You can't interpret that like a letter that Paul is writing right. to somebody. You can't be of, like, oh, like, so I should go smash babies against rocks. Right. Like, right. that's funny. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So Psalm, was that? <laughs> psalm, psalm 137, right. where, where the psalmist... Uh, is undergoing he's ha he's having a rough life you know, <laughs> not just time. a rough day having but a rough time. life right yeah. Yeah. uh and uh and just ex really expresses that anger mm -hmm. um but I paul just, does that too right yeah. i mean paul is when you read the book of galatians mm -hmm. paul is super mad at these people yeah because they took they took this good thing that he gave them and they perverted it they've made it something very different and so he comes out and really mm -hmm. just sort of lays into them and says some really terrible things mm -hmm. to these people you know, things that they can do to their body parts. And you can read that. I'm not going to get into yeah. it. But, you know, yeah. just, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. So I should start referencing Psalm 137. I didn't know that was there. And I say all the time, it makes me so mad I could punch a baby. I say I could punch a Bible says it's okay. But so now that it's I have the, uh, now that I have the so text to. So yeah, I don't know that, that, I don't know that that's the right kind of application. that's not the right interpretation. <laughs> I think that's that not, okay. at least it's not the right application right. Of, okay. of that. Okay. Of that, yeah. No. Like, I'm not don't actually going to punch, punch a baby. Don't right. punch but babies. I do say that. Well, I don't know that you should even say it. Okay. I, think. Uh, <laughs> I won't anymore. Be more careful Doug with their expressions. Yeah. Okay. Mm, you know. <clears throat> so it's just a figure of speech. Figure of speech. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And people know that I'm not yeah. actually going to punch yeah. infants. You know? Hopefully. I think so. If they know you well enough. Yeah. Well, you know. So if it's been written over this 
super long span of time like how did it all come together like how did we actually how did we get what we have now yeah as the bible that's a really yeah it's a really complicated story sure um with with the old testament we're really reliant on the jewish people uh recognizing then they had some criteria Mm -hmm. because there are other books out there right there are other ancient things uh, out there, some of them are gathered together in a group of books called the Apocrypha, mm. and those are the books that are included in the Roman Catholic Bible, but not in Protestant or Jewish Bibles. Uh, there are other things called the Pseudepigrapha, mm. just these other ancient works that were just ancient works of mysteries and mythologies and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so we're kind of reliant on the Jewish people and kind of understanding uh, the Bible is regarded to the Old Testament. So basically, we're kind of saying, what was the Bible that Jesus had, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it was the Bible that Jesus had, and we kind of understand that sort of historically. And there, there was a criteria, and there was a discussion about some of the books mm-hmm. over the course of There were some books that people had some questions about. You know, yeah. The name of God never is never mentioned in the book of Esther. Right. Yeah. So is that, well, there was, there was at least a discussion about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but was sort of understood kind of again over the centuries that yeah no the holy spirit is speaking in this and god mm-hmm. is speaking in this book and this is true history mm-hmm. for us and this is our story and so this is a part this needs to be a part of our holy scriptures so you know so you have the bible that jesus had which mm-hmm. is the old testament and then with regard to the new testament they also had a list of criteria mm-hmm. for you know it needs to be uh, someone who is an apostle or is associated with an apostle or Jesus himself mm-hmm. to be the author of a, of a book. So you have, you know, the gospel writers, Matthew, John, they're apostles, right? Mark, uh, not an apostle, but he's getting most of his material from the apostle Peter, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, Luke is getting a lot of his material in his relationship to Paul, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, and so, so you have that kind of, they're weighing that, Uh, into the second century, the time right after the apostles. And it's pretty clear from the records that we have that the early church adopted the 27 books, if not all 27, really close to those 27 books of the New Testament, very very soon after they were written. Mm -hmm. At the very least, they they had accepted the four gospels Mm -hmm. as the true story of Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? They may have had some questions in some groups of Christians throughout the Roman Empire, may have had questions about one particular book or another, Uh, but over over time and over the centuries, those questions sort of disappeared. Right. And so um, the one thing that, that often gets sort of told about this process, uh, if you, you know, watch too much History Channel or National Geographic Channel or something like that, you know, here's the true story of the Bible and yeah. spooky letters, you know, and kind of thing. And, oh, here's the the lost story of this. And there's all these the other... The story of Judas. Right, yeah, you have the Judas, Gospel of Thomas like that, or the Gospel yeah. of Judas or mm-hmm. yeah. the infancy Gospels of Jesus and, you know, why weren't they included? And, and it make it seem like this this uh, this power grab by the Roman emperor in the beginning of the 4th century. His name was Constantine. Mm-hmm. And so they often sort of make it seem like, oh, he was the one who decided. Mm-hmm. There are all these books out there and he was the one who decided these are the 27 books of the New Testament. We get rid of all the others. That's just patently false. That yeah. just story. That's just patently false. Uh, there's so much evidence from the early days of the church, um, who they were quoting, what they were referring to, the the early church fathers of the second century, um, that they they clearly distinguish between 
this the what we call the canonical, the twenty seven books of the New Testament, yeah. and everything else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So again, it's a really long, complicated <clears throat> story. You could read the book, the yeah. origin of the Bible, <laughs> of the Bible that we just sort of referenced, mm-hmm. yeah, to get the full, complete picture Good of that. Take it, take it out if in bite sized chunks. Yeah, or you yeah. can just borrow it from Blake. Apparently, he's not using it. Still on the shelf. <laughs> Still on the shelf. I loan it out to freshmen every semester. <laughs> oh, good. See, that's good. You're getting you some. Don't awesome. even yeah. sell it to them. That's very yeah, nice of you. So, like you would say that the, so it's like we know, like the New Testament is like entirely about. Jesus, like you said, that only like people who drew, like were with Jesus, mm-hmm. his apostles, or people who were close with the apostles, right? Like contributed to the New Testament, right? But like, what, like, where did the Old Testament start? Like, did someone just wake up one day and was like, you know what, I think I'm going to start writing this, like the five books, like right. the Torah, like right. where did that even come from? Where, where were they? From? Like, what was the purpose? Like, what were they right. setting out to do? Well, what we believe, and and again, this is a this is a faith statement from us, but mm-hmm. what we believe is that God called Moses after he had you know, set the Israelites free from Egypt, come through the Red Sea and all of that, that he called them to called them up to Mount Sinai where he gave them gave him this. Mm-hmm. Right? So in addition to, you know, the Ten Commandments and the instructions for how to build the tabernacle that he had given him, you know, uh, these other this this other truth, the book of Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and early parts of, of Exodus. and So I, I assume that Moses had heard those stories. Yeah. He had heard the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and, and even had put those together in some such way or what happens to stories when they get told often, mm. right, down through the centuries is they become um, kind of codified or they become kind of very specific, right? Mm. This is how to tell the Abraham story, mm. yeah. right? Because it just got told so often. And yeah. down through the centuries, and and what people have found, you know, like anthropologists who've actually done studies of cultures that are still like oral societies, mm. they yeah. don't have written language or they don't have electronics or anything like that. It would be considered um, like the developing world. That when you do those kinds of studies, that the the stories remain remarkably similar. Mm over the course of generations right. even. It's the same story yeah. that so gets told. So yeah. at some point Moses receives that story. Now the process of the Holy Spirit and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God is guiding him in this process as well. That's a faith statement mm-hmm. for me, right? There comes the book of Genesis. Right. So right? There comes the be- the beginning of the book of Exodus and then Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Right. So it's not just this like big long game of telephone. I feel like that's right. something that a lot right. of people are like, well, right. He yeah. Wasn't there. Right. So I mean, so yeah, was... kindergarten kids aren't good at the, at the game of telephone. Right. Right. But if you hear the same story yeah. told over and over and over again, mm-hmm. right? And you yeah. tell that over and over and over again to your family. Mm-hmm. There's going to be like a hard and fast version of that story. Sure. I've heard, you know, we have people at the college, I've heard they have stories. You know, they have like their story mm-hmm. that they tell a lot. Right. Right. And it doesn't change right right yeah so so my boss doug aldridge who's the dean there he has a story of when he was a firefighter when he was an emt in california and he he's told that story dozens probably hundreds of times (laughs) at this point 
you know, as he's telling the story, I can say it with him, yep. you know, because I've heard it so many right. times. Can you and cite off the numbers of the... No, see, I can't do that. Yet. I can't do that. Not quite. Still working on that. It is really... Yeah. Is which <laughs> engines and which fire stations yeah. were yeah. handed out yeah. into the fire. Yeah. But there's other, yeah, there's other stories that you just hear so often, mm-hmm. right, that you're like, okay, this is, there's a, there's a, there's an official version of the story. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing happened in the New Testament, right? I mean... There was probably about 20 years between the time that Jesus died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven and the time that the Gospels were being written. Mm-hmm. So what happened in those 20 years? Well, the church was growing. They were telling people about Jesus. They were evangelizing the world. But they were also retelling those stories of Jesus over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember that time that Jesus fed 5,000 people and how that went. Right. Remember the time that Jesus you know, healed the man who was born blind and how that went. Mm-hmm. You know, they just tell those stories over and over so often that there's an official way in which we tell that story. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So what do we do about, like, when, you know, some people say that the Bible is full of contradictions. Sure. Um, or even, like, that the gospel accounts are, they yeah. contradict one another. What yeah. do we do with that? Yeah. Well, I think we can say a couple things. Um well, we we'll say one thing, and then maybe I'll think of a second thing, so I can really say a couple things. Um, we understand that the gospels were written, the gospels in particular, were written for different audiences in different places. Okay, um, so so Matthew might be telling one story, and let's let's talk about the um, the resurrection of Jesus. It's kind of what's on the on the front of my mind here about this. Um, so when, when the four gospel writers tell the story of the resurrection, right, because all four of them tell that story, mm-hmm. they all tell it a little differently, right? So I just said, well, I just said there's an official version. Yeah, there is, but people are kind of tailoring that for different audiences, right? There's a reason there's four gospels and not one, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Matthew's writing to Jewish people, mm-hmm. right? Prim- primarily Matthew's writing to Jewish people. And so when he tells the story of the resurrection, he, he talks about two women coming to the tomb. Well, why two? Well, that's as a Jewish person, that's all you need, mm. because in the 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 legal system of the day, you needed two witnesses to establish something that's true. So, were there more than two? Yeah, there were more than two, but why does Matthew tell us about two? Because that's all you need mm-hmm. yeah. as a Jewish person, right? And he's just trying to establish the truth of this. Yeah. Mark is talking, you know, is kind of sharing about the journey that different people go on. Right from kind of meeting Jesus and coming to, uh, coming to understand him. And so he talks about three women who were at the cross. And so he mentions those same three women now coming to the tomb mm. and seeing now the empty tomb and like kind of seeing more of their journey from beginning to end. And so that's why he talks about three women that go to the tomb. Luke talks about at least five, maybe more women go mm. to the tomb. Right. I was like, well, yeah. why does he do that? Well, because Luke, for whatever reason, really likes talking about women mm. in his gospel. Women were seen sort of as the marginalized or the oppressed class, and Luke is very much a gospel for for the oppressed, right? That really wants to kind of take the marginalized and put them front and center in his story. And so Luke is the one who often talks about Samaritans, and mm-hmm. Luke's the one who talks about centurions. So Luke's a Gentile, mm-hmm. and so he himself is kind of in this Jewish circle would would have been kind of part of the marginalized group and so he's highlighting them and so he wants to highlight as many of those people as he can right john just tells about one woman comes to the tomb mary magdalene and so he's like okay what is what is he doing well he's doing a lot of different things but he wants to tell a story because john is weird 
he wants to tell a story of a of a man, Jesus, a woman, Mary, not married or anything, nothing weird going on there, but a man, a woman in a garden. Because he's telling a story of new creation. Mm-hmm. Right? And so he tells a story about a, a man that Mary thinks is the gardener, right? And yeah. a woman. And so this there is a new creation happening here on Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so each one of them is doing something slightly different with that official story. Mm-hmm. Right, and so Matthew's doing one thing because he wanted to establish the truth. Mark's wanting to tell the story of these people from beginning to end. Yeah. Luke has really wanted to highlight these women because of their marginalized, oppressed, and John is wanting to tell a story of a new creation beginning mm-hmm. in a new Garden of Eden. Yeah. And so, and so, so when we come across you know differences or what we might think of contradictions, instead of just sort of throwing your hands up and saying, "Oh, the Bible must not be true," so mm-hmm. just throw it in the trash, it's like maybe ask the question, "Why?" Right. Yeah. Why is there a con- why is there a difference here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there may actually be a point to it. Yeah. There yeah. may actually be. It's not the issue of what actually happened, like with as much specific detail as we can get. The gospel writers aren't journalists. They're not writing like for the New York Times. And here's specifically all of the information that we can give you right now. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make a point. Right. They're yeah. telling a story. And a story has a point to it. And that's why you're going to see some differences or some apparent contradictions along yeah. the way. Right. It's even like when we write papers for school, like we have to, like we have our thesis and we have to stick to our thesis. Otherwise, right. it's not a good paper. Right. We can't bring in like all of this extraneous information. Right. Yeah. The yeah. part of, major part of being a writer is editing, is yeah. what are you leaving out? Right. Mm-hmm. So each one of the gospel writers is, has heard and knows the entire story of the resurrection, mm-hmm. right? I mean, John himself was there, Peter, you know, uh, Matthew was there. but So they have to be highly specific in what story they tell mm-hmm. to the point that they want to bring out. So sure. like their thesis, basically. Yeah, yeah sure. exactly. We're working off of that, like, moving, like, more away from the, like, the, history of like how we got the Bible sure. and like moving towards like what like you're talking about like what we believe about the Bible and one of the things like that like there are contradictions but like that doesn't necessarily mean that like we should discredit like what we're reading well I don't even know that I would use the word that I would not, say so clearly there are contradictions there are some things that appear to be differences yeah, along the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah when you have a contradiction you have somebody denying what somebody else right. says is true okay, yeah. and you don't have that you have two people or, two, or four people in the case of the resurrection telling different a slightly accounts. different yeah. version of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. right. So like we hear people like use words like inerrant and right. infallible. Like right. what, like for one thing, what do those even mean? And right. like what are we supposed to believe about okay. the Bible? Like well, in, in yeah. Concerning so, those types of things. Right. So we believe that the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So however that happened, right? And I don't even think that it happened every time the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. So when Isaiah was inspired to write Part, parts of Isaiah, right? He's hearing a word directly from God, right? And he says that. It says, you know, this is what God says, mm-hmm. quotation marks, and right. then just yeah. hears directly from God. But that's not how Luke writes his gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, Luke did not, God says, okay, this is what I want you to write, write it down. He's like, no, Luke was gathering information. He was probably conducting some interviews. He was talking to people who were eyewitnesses. He probably has a copy of Mark or maybe Matthew to kind of guide him as he writes his own gospel. Sure. We kind of know that there's so many similarities between the two. He's probably using one of those or maybe both of them as a source yeah. for his own gospel, right? 
Um, so, uh, so the so the Bible is inspired, even though the Holy Spirit does that in different ways for the different writers of the Bible, because the Bible is inspired, right? Because the Holy Spirit is is behind it. It's guiding the process to the point where the product is ultimately from God. The Bible is therefore true, mm-hmm. and true in every way that the Bible can be true, yeah. right? So, so when we use words like infallible, we mean the Bible always does what the Bible is supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we can have a problem reading it, right? We've got issues. We bring our baggage, our junk to the text. We bring our ideas about what what the truth should be. Mm-hmm. But the Bible, when read honestly, when read um, free of that kind of thing, will always accomplish what it's set to do. Um, there's a passage in Isaiah 55 that talks about the word of God. It's like it, it works like rain. It works like snow, right? It comes down from heaven and it always does its job. That's the word of God, mm-hmm. right? Inerrant is another more specific word to say that every every detail in the Bible is accurate, mm-hmm. right? Even though you know different authors may be telling slightly different accounts of the same story, every detail is true, yeah. right? Um, it's a pretty complicated term, and there are all these exceptions to it. Mm-hmm. So if if people want to know more about sort of the the issues of inerrancy, um, there are a number of really good books out there but I could just direct you to the Chicago Statement of Biblical Inerrancy that's on the web you can just read that and they that will clearly sort of lay out what what Christians mean when they say the Bible is inerrant okay. right because sometimes like with numbers it's like you know how accurate is this number were there actually 5,000 people that Jesus fed are we talking not, not 5,001 not 4,972. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. yeah. You know, it's like, was it 5,000 like on the number oh, or was yeah. it, you know, so it's that kind of thing like, okay, we're, we're, this range of people. Okay. Yeah. So let's judge this I by the, the apostles said around, around, about, five, yeah, yeah, about 5,000 <laughs> people. Yeah. Roughly, give exactly. Or give or take a few. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, you sort of look at the crowds and, yeah, it's about 5,000 people. Okay. Write that down. You know, and it's not, you know, um, you know, nobody went around with a little clicker or a mm-hmm. little thing counting, yeah. scanning tickets or something like that. There weren't like those that. like little things at the entrance that you like walk through and like push down. Right, right, right. Yeah. little turnstiles. Like yeah, world. yeah. So, so they counted yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, no. Something that, like, I've always like struggled to address, like, and struggled to like articulate. It's like, are there, like, to people who like don't, like, don't want to take all parts of the Bible. Like, we we even say like cherry pick. Oh sure. Like they don't believe that it's inerrant, but like mm-hmm. they would still call themselves a Christian. Like what sure. are the like ramifications? Like are there any? Sure. Yeah. Like, is, I mean, what does that mean? Yeah. You know. Well, like if you don't think that yeah. it's inerrant. Yeah. Well, I w- okay. With regard to like the Old Testament, I think you just have to ask: How did Jesus treat the Old Testament? Yeah. So, are you going to treat the Bible differently than Jesus treated it? So, so you kind of read through the Gospels and say, okay, you've got a lot of crazy stories in the Old Testament. You know, Jonah and the fish and the, mm-hmm. you know, walls of Jericho falling down and, you know, all of these kind of miraculous things, uh, crossing the Red Sea and the plagues and all these different kinds of things. But so you just ask, how did Jesus treat that? How did Jesus talk about the Old Testament? Yeah. And did he talk about that, those things as actually having happened? And he does. 
He talks about those things as if they actually happened. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just kind of come, it's like, I know I've got my own sort of sense of, well, did this really happen? I mean, again, sort of Jonah and the fish, did he really spend three days in a fish? And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a difficult thing for anybody to understand or to explain how somebody survives like that. But Jesus believed it. And so I guess I, I mean, if I'm wanting to follow Jesus, I'm believing the things that Jesus believes. Sure. Yeah. So, and, and that's kind of central for me. Yeah. And because the, and here's kind of the big point of this. The basis for my, my belief cannot be what makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if, if the basis for my belief is only what makes sense to me, then I will never grow out of who I am right now. I can never change. I can never be transformed into somebody else because the basis for what I believe, you know, is what I know right now. And that's a really sad thing hmm. yeah. to, you know, it's like, no, I'm stuck here and I can never grow out of this. And so for me to have an openness to say, no, I believe, I believe in God. If I believe in God, I believe that somebody can survive in a fish for three days, right? I believe that Jesus rose again from the dead. And if I believe that, then I believe that he can feed 5,000 people. Yeah. You know? So I know there's stories in there that kind of stretch our credulity that it's like, that's really hard for us to believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. But if you believe in God, if you believe that God is transcendent, by that I mean he's above us, Mm -hmm. that he's not limited to what we see every day, then these things are possible. Mm -hmm. So even though they seem really crazy, to yeah. us that's good yeah <clears throat> yeah so um so kind of wrapping up like what what do we kind of do with this then like okay. now that we we believe that the bible is god's word to us we believe mm-hmm. that um it's holy spirit inspired and yeah. like that it i mean you kind of mentioned a minute ago um that you like you don't you can't stay you don't want to stay like where you are yeah um in that like kind of the Bible almost like pushes us mm-hmm. to, to grow and it Absolutely so is, yeah. so how do we um, how do we respond to that and like what do we do with like, like aside we, from like the Bible just being like now like it's just like oh that's cool that we know that right. about the Bible yeah but, right. like what does it mean for like our life tomorrow, like tomorrow, for tomorrow, yeah. yeah after that you know? yeah the the Bible helps us understand who Jesus is mm. you know so much the Old Testament is kind of pointing and preparing the way for Jesus the New Testament explaining who Jesus is and what his, what his life and his death and his resurrection means for us. So the biggest thing I want to come to when I come to the Bible and I read it for myself is how is this leading me to be more like Jesus, mm-hmm. right? How is this pushing me, guiding me? How is it revealing something that's wrong with me? How is it encouraging me? How is it just in the spite of all of my failures, how is it reminding me of God's love? And God's compassion and God's mercy. And yeah, I failed again, you know. Mm-hmm. And yet the Bible reminds us of God's, you know, always, always, always enduring love right. and endless mercy for his people. And that, that, that kindness and that mercy leads me to, with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, not, not of my own power, not my own willpower or anything like that, but with the Holy Spirit to understand you know the changes that i need to make in my life and the decisions that i need to make to become more like jesus so the the bible is is both uh 
again, that mirror that we hold up that shows us the things that are wrong with us, mm -hmm. but it's also the empowerment to change, mm -hmm. right? It also gives us the ability to do that. Um, it's like, so often we, uh, let me talk about prayer for a second. So often we use prayer as a way to change God's mind, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So if I pray really hard, maybe I can change God's mind on this kind of thing. When we really should be thinking about prayer as changing my mind. Because the more I spend time with God, right? And that's what prayer is. Yeah. You know, not just a list of things that you're praying for, but prayer is just spending time with God, mm -hmm. right? The more you spend time with God, the more that's going to change you. Yeah. You know, any, any, you spend time with a person, that changes you, that has an effect yeah. on you, right? And the more you spend, more time you spend with a person, the more you start adopting their slang. Have right. you ever noticed this? Oh, Definitely yeah. true. It's like you, you start adopting their kind of tastes and you, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, you get that drink at Starbucks. Let me try mm -hmm. that. You know, it's that kind of thing where you start kind of mm -hmm. moving your life slightly incrementally to be more like this person. If you're a close friend or you're dating or something mm -hmm. like that, that you become more like that. The more time you spend with that. Same true with the Bible, mm -hmm. right? We believe that the Holy Spirit is empowering this thing. So the more I more time I spend with it, right, the more I'm going to start looking like the person it's clearly describing, the person right. of Jesus, yeah. right? And, and the more I'm going to understand the story of God and that story of, of unrelenting love and mercy and compassion for us. Yes, God is holy. Yes, God punishes sin. Yes, God, you know, is just. But God is love and God is always wanting to embrace and always wanting to give compassion to to all who trust him yeah 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 okay that's awesome that's good. i guess um one one last question that i just thought of yeah. like um do you ever like still struggle to understand certain passages oh absolutely that's something yeah. that's i think a lot of people and myself included like i sometimes I get to a passage and I get a little bit discouraged because I'm like, I, like, I don't even know where to begin with this right, right now. Like, right, what do yeah. I, like, how? And there's so many great helps that? out there. You know, um, study Bibles are really helpful, kind of guide you along the way. I would always say to people, read in community. Mm -hmm. Don't, mm -hmm. don't just read by yourself. I mean, read, I mean, read by yourself if that's all you have, right? Yeah. But it's better, so much better if you're reading the community. You can kind of share questions. You know, and say, oh, but I read this, and and if you've got multiple study Bibles, that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. Different people yeah. in the, you know, in in your small group or in your discipleship group or something like that, reading together. Oh, this this author brought this out, and I think that was really helpful. You know, that that can that can really be that kind of iron sharpening iron uh, process as we read together. Yeah. So I think that's really helpful. But of course, yeah, no, the Bible is very old, mm -hmm. and the Bible was written in a different language, and it's for different yeah. people. And time and so because of that there's going to be some things in there that we're just always going to find strange you know letters that Paul writes to people and might be sort of referencing something that's going on but unless I know that thing that's going on I may not understand it right, right? I mean a lot of those letters are like listening to one half of a phone call mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so you, you ever do that which you probably shouldn't but you, know, <laughs> you, do, you do you just you know, eavesdrop somebody's on the phone right occasionally people use their phones as phones and uh, you just you're right. just you're just listening in. You're like, oh, I wonder what's going on here. And so, but that's kind of part of you know the New Testament is like that. You only we're only getting Paul's half of this, mm -hmm. or yeah. James or Peter, whoever their half of the issue. And it's like, okay, well, I wonder what exactly is going on. We can start to kind of piece it together, but unless we were actually there, 
there's going to be parts of it that we just didn't understand. We just can't understand Shit. for whatever reasons. Yeah. yeah. So it's always going to be a, always, that's always going to be a struggle. Yeah. Always going to be a struggle. I said even like a step back from that. Like I remember, um, like learning that like we we would refer to like the Old Testament as like Jewish meditation literature. Okay. And like just. I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't meditate. Like, I have no idea what that right. even... In, like, in the beginning of Psalms, like, it talks about how, like, a, mm. a, like the yeah. idea, like, what the person mm -hmm. who reads the Bible is supposed to look like yeah. is someone who, like, reads yeah. the word day mm -hmm. and night and, yeah. like, and then tells others, like, what he found there. And it's, like, I struggle, like, to know, like, to know where to even start. Like, what yeah. kind of advice would, like, you give to that? Like, do it. Should I yeah. start in yeah. the Old Testament? Like, just start page one and just start working my way through it? Like, how does that... Well, I would... If, if you're brand new to the Bible, I would start in the Gospels. Yeah. I would probably start with either the Gospel of Luke or the Gospel of John. I probably would start with the Gospel of Luke. That's going to be kind of the fullest story okay. of the life of Jesus. And it's going to be written from the perspective of an outsider, mm. which is kind of who we are. Right. So it's going to explain some things along the way. So that's probably the place I would tell if someone's brand new to the Bible, read the Gospel of Luke. Mm -hmm. um, and then pieces of, of the New Testament, the Old Testament, you know, um, but that's that's where I would, absolutely where I begin. But this whole idea of meditation mm -hmm. on the on the <clears throat> Scripture, it's, it's kind of, you know, you're going to read some things and it's going to really cause you to struggle a little bit. You're going to have some questions, right? Or you're going to have, oh, do I do that? Is that something that, that, that I wrestle with in a certain way? Mm -hmm. And meditate is just kind of think about and reflect on. Okay. And just questions. Ask questions. You know, again, just God's a person. Working you know, through. Right, yeah. The Holy Spirit's a person. Right? So it's someone that we can have a conversation with, mm -hmm. you know, as we read the text. So, it's, so be okay with, you know, asking questions of the text as you're reading it. And just keep thinking about it. Keep processing it. So it's... Meditate. All, all that means is you don't just read to check the box for that day, mm -hmm. right? So, okay, I need to read this five or six or 12 chapters of the Bible today to make sure I can get through it in a year or whatever, so I check the box. But it's like, no, there's a verse here that really bothers me. And I really need to kind of think about that Just for a while. Serious right. implications for my life. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, or it's, you know, again, it's that mirror and it's revealing something oh, pretty significant crap. about me yeah. right now, right? Yeah. Or it's just like, oh, this is a, such a beautiful picture of God right here. Mm -hmm. And I just want to think about what that means yeah. for God to be my shepherd. Mm -hmm. And I just want to imagine that. And I just want to think about that I'm for a while. Rest in it. Right, yeah, and just kind of rest in it and mm -hmm. find joy in that. Yeah. To know that you're cared for like this. Mm -hmm. That God is protecting you like this, right? So that's all meditation is. It's just okay. stop and think, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And just kind of do some imagination maybe or ask some questions or just just stay there don't move past it quickly but just kind of stop and stay and keep chewing on it hmm. that's good yeah that's good all right well i think we're gonna close out with that i'm gonna go read my bible now yeah <laughs> yeah that's good yeah <laughs> yeah well we hope um for all of our listeners that this could be of help to you hopefully this is a resource to use something that gives you a little insight into what the bible is and why we should read it uh, thank you guys for listening and until next time bye